Hello, fellow entrepreneur. Welcome to the Spiritualpreneur Podcast, your go-to podcast for business coaching with a spiritual twist. I'm your host, Haley Kay, energy healer and intuitive business coach on a mission to get you ridiculously excited about driving your business forward. Being a spiritual business owner brings unique challenges that you probably didn't encounter in the traditional nine to five. Selling yourself and your gifts, letting go of control, trusting in the universe, and believing in yourself and your inevitable success. You have valuable gifts to share, and I want to help you use them to create the business of your dreams. We're about to embark on a life-changing journey of spirituality, business, and expansion. So let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Printer Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Kay, and in this episode, we're going to do part two with Sabrina Dawn. Hi, Sabrina. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be back. Yay. Um, it's been a couple months since we did our last one, right? I, I was trying to remember. So we recorded episode one, and then I did some more digging into Sabrina's Human Design, and now we're back for part two. So um, if you guys remember, if you listened to part one or Sabrina, if you remember, we kind of touched on one of your circuits. It's the circuit 2644. It goes from the heart to the spleen. Um, I only really touched on that one, but you actually have three circuits. So I want to get into the three circuits. So for the first part of this episode, we're going to talk about uh, your human design, and then we're going to do a a card reading after that. So I'm so excited. Okay. Um, so you have three circuits. So I like to tell people about their circuits. I think it's really important for their businesses because circuits are where you really feel uh, successful. It's where the energy really has its full expression and you really feel like you can live out the energies in those gates and within those energy centers. So you have three circuits. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the one that I didn't even realize was a circuit until yesterday. I don't, um, it, if you look at your sacral, so the, the bottom, the very bottom square energy center, there's the root energy center. The one above it is the sacral. And so 34 actually connects to the spleen. It's circuit 3457. Okay. So you can see it kind of has that weird bend in it. I didn't even realize like that was a full circuit, but it is. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, this circuit is an what we call an individual circuit. So you have one individual circuit and individual circuits are, they're really about yourself. They're about you expressing this energy for yourself, but then it it's, it's something you teach and help others with uh, people who have individual circuits or a number of individual circuits really thrive working one-on-one -on -one with people. I believe this is the kind of a pattern I've seen, not that anyone can work one-on-one -on -one and help someone, but I've noticed that people who have individual circuits really, uh, help like people one-on-one -on -one through things. Yeah. They thrive doing it that way. Mm-hmm. There's okay. something about this, the really how it often shows up for people is they use this energy, the circuit on themselves and in their own lives to support them in a certain way. And then other people see that and they're like, teach me about it or how, tell me how you did that. Okay. And so when you, how, 
okay, because this is all new to me still. So there's that. How do you know when it's um, like when somebody has several individual circuits? Like, what does that look like on the chart? Um, you can actually see it in, in the chart just looking at it from your view. I've there are blogs and and things online that I've done research on to see which ones are individual versus tribal. Yeah, I can send you a link to that. There's a blog post that I really, really like. I can send that link to you. Okay. That's a great question. I just find it interesting, you know, like, like what would classify it on the chart when you look at it to stick out that way. And when somebody, so again, just to kind of go over what you said. So when somebody has several individual circuits, that's when it indicates that they thrive working one-on-one -on -one with people. Is that right? That's just the pattern that I'm picking up on, like from okay. a business perspective. I'm sure other people who read human design charts might interpret it a little differently. Okay. And really it's up to you. you. For me, I'm just looking at this and kind of interpreting it and like picking up patterns as I've done so many charts. But really when, as you listen to me, I sometimes I'm looking to you as well to be like, this is actually what it means for me. So if, if the, when I'm talking about this, this circuit, if, if you think like, let me know what you think, if that makes I sense, will. As I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. If it resonates. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, totally. I'm like, not saying that I'm like this super human design expert. And I know exactly what, what each piece means. It really can be interpreted in multiple ways. Yeah. What I've noticed though, is this if you have an individual circuit, and I'm saying this too, because I actually don't have, I only have two circuits. One is tribal and one is collective. So I actually don't have an individual circuit. Okay. Um, but it's also interesting to note that when you're working or collaborating with people and your two energies create a circuit together, oh. that's something interesting too. Yeah. Which, that's something I'm going to have to explore and I haven't thought too much about. So thank you for sparking that. <laughs> <laughs> but does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll send you that blog too. So you can read how she, uh, the woman who interpreted it this way, because I'm also interpreting her words, but I'll send you the blog to see what you think of what she says about it too. Because what re she really says is, you use these circuits, these specific circuits that she has labeled as individual circuits to first help yourself and to change your life. You know, we learn from past generations and then we bring in this new energy and then use it in our own life. And then from that, people look to you to be like, teach me how to do that. Or, or they, they can like you can support them with that energy because you have that natural energetic ability. Cool. Okay. So yours, so your individual circuit is the sacral to spleen and it's what I, ca I called it intuitive power. And so gate 34 is the gate of power and gate 57 is about like, um, it's just, it's a, I believe that all of us are intuitive on some level but this gate is really about this like gut intuition. It's like this deep intuitive knowing. Mm -hmm. And so this circuit together, I called in, called intuitive power. So your intuitive knowledge is very powerful. You can pick up on vibrations and intuitively interpret them at a sacral level. And what this means is like, it's deep 
that like, it's a deep understanding that you feel in your body that you don't always, you sometimes interpret before even you understand it completely in your head. That makes sense. Totally makes sense. And so paired with the fact that you have an open head center, which you remember we talked about in the first one, their head center, because it's open and completely undefined, like there's no gates in there. It, it can be very um, open and susceptible to other people's head energy. So it can become clouded. So if your head center is clouded and you're picking up intuitive knowledge, there might be. So that's why it's so important for you to clear your head. So you come with a clear head meditation helps with this. Um, realizing and seeing when you're like, uh, I see it like thoughts are like churning, you know, when you have those thoughts that just like repeat and repeat, sometimes you have to find ways of letting those go, which is easier said than done. I totally. (laughs) So, you know, what I just flashed on is, um, so when I was coming out of, to throw it back to some of my healing that I've done, um, the toxic relationships that I was in and moving away from, I can't tell you that is like the perfect, um, example is that's what would happen is like, it was almost like this wheel of thought and it was a downward, it wasn't um, positive. It was negative. And I had to learn how to, it was like, I would get caught on this hamster wheel of ruminating about how I should have said this or how I could have done this different, or how could they treat me that way? I can't believe that anybody would treat anyone that way. And it was like, you get caught up in this tornado of thought. And it was so hard to learn how, excuse my French, the hell to step outside of that. Yeah. And so that, that's perfect. Like, it, 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 I guess it, it's like all these bells go off, like ding, ding, ding. This helps kind of validate and explain why I went through that path or why that's a part of my human design. It just kind of like parallels that and aha, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can resonate with this. Um, even just like the past couple of days working with someone it's like, why are they doing that? Why are they thinking that? Why are they, you know, it's like, we, it, we could pick it up on such a, a deep level and kind of understand it, but they don't understand it necessarily, which is so interesting. It is. And sometimes I don't know, like, cause in that churning, um, I feel like there's sometimes that's like resistance that builds up and not necessarily for yourself, but sometimes for the other, other individual, just in moving that energy through them. And then if you're open, like we are, sometimes it will get stuck with us. And so then it's like, we got to figure out how to move it through us because we're having this, this relationship, this communication. And so we spiritually then connect, right. And then we're picking up each other's energies. That's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. As an empath, so this is something I've been really working on lately too. As an empath, dealing with people who are not open to their own um, energy or not aware of their yes. own energy and their own impact, but being an empath and picking that up, it's really learning how to one, separate that, not take it on as your own, but separate this is where it's coming from. And yes, definitely like letting it go and moving through it because otherwise, like you said, it just becomes this like 
it gets stuck. And so with, with having an open head center, so I have an undefined head center, so I can relate to this. Um, but um, if we're trying to think other people's thoughts, we're trying to like work with them, that mm -hmm. can get really, uh, the word crunchy came to mind because it's not ours to deal with. Right. So we're trying, like thinking, I, I know I just, <laughs> just doing this is so funny how this comes up is that I can see sometimes where other people, I can feel it. I can see what they're dealing with. And so I try to solve it. Yes. I try to so solve it for them. And then I try to solve it on my level and they're just like, it, it doesn't translate well. And so that is, it's, there has that we have to find. I'll, I'll talk about this more because you have other uh, gate. The, your other circuits go along with this actually really nicely, but finding ways to um, release it outside of the moment. So, like when you're in a coaching call with with someone, and you can feel you're intuitively picking up on their vibrations. You're probably understanding certain things, certain patterns, as we'll see in the next circuit you have this ability to see people's um, patterns from their past because you probably, you dealing with people who have specific um, relationship patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Talking about toxic, toxic patterns, you can see their patterns. So in the moment supporting them, but then how do you leave those situations and let it go without it imprinting that on you or like carrying that on your shoulders? Yes. Right. I think it's, I think too, as I'm sure, you know, like as you maneuver through and develop these relationships, sometimes you end up really caring about who you're working with. And then it, it's like, it's even more important than to learn how to buffer. And like you said, detach from the information that you're collecting and helping them guide. I know that I had a client before that I was working with that I, I got very involved in her well-being. And I obviously wanted the best for her, but I had to come to understand that she was only willing to take certain steps at certain times. And it was when she was ready because it's her healing journey, not mine. I'm just there to support her. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. And that can be tricky because especially where you can see, which I know you can, like you can see the maybe not the, the solution, but like the next steps even, or like how, how it could be different where some people are still looking at the past and thinking this is, oh my gosh, this is just happening to me. <laughs> my coach was like, see, you can change that. You can do this. And I was like, yeah, but this is what happened in the past. <laughs> I love how the universe works, right? <laughs> Yes, it likes me to totally understand what's going on with my clients so that I can, I can relate. Um, so from an, so, okay. So take a step back for a second. So that from an individual circuit standpoint, maybe this will help. It's totally however you want to interpret it, but this ability of yours to, be so intuitive and to see these things you can really use that on yourself and then that's how you can guide other people so this is how I'm understanding the individual circuitry is it's and you've we've all heard the saying before is like 
uh, I just lost the saying, but it's your actions speak louder than words. That's kind of where I'm going, you know? So yeah. doing it on yourself and then telling people like, um, this actually has worked a lot with me with coaching is telling them, oh, this is what I did. You know, this is where I was and this is where I did sometimes gets a better uh, reaction okay. or a better kind of integration rather than saying to them, this is what you should be doing. Right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying you do that, but for anyone listening, I think this is kind of what's, what's coming out of it is like when you're coaching someone or showing someone, even when you can see the steps ahead, telling someone, which is what I've had coaches do to me, you should do this. You need to think this way. Well, if I, if I would have already done that, if I saw the value in it. Right. But when, what we want to know, when we work with other people, when we work with other coaches, we want to know how you did it. How right. did you get from here to here? What did you do that got you out of that situation? What, and it's not always the action that is the first step. We know this, right? It's not with the law of attraction. First comes thought, then emotion, and then action. So telling someone, well, if you take that action, well, they would take it, but they don't feel ready to take it. So right. like me quitting my job, <laughs> a coach could come along and say, well, if you just quit your job and the universe will support you. Great. That sounds fantastic. And I want to do that. And I want to jump right in, but it's like, there are mental and emotional kind of um, steps that need to be taken yes. from A to Z. So yeah, that, does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, the, that's the tricky part sometimes about working with people one-on-one. -on -one. I know for me, um, because I really have to like let go. And this is what I didn't know when I first started coaching one-on-one -on -one, is you kind of get attached to the person, right? You get attached and then attached to their outcome, but it's really ultimately up to them as any coach listening to this people you coach have to take their own action and they have to be responsible for their own results. We are not responsible for their results. What we are responsible for is showing up and offering our energy and our time in the moment. And then after, like, I see it, like cut it off, <laughs> just like cut, cut the cords, send them love and light and kind of remove. Cause you have to live your own life because you're still a human you come right. to the situation as a coach and then you have to leave and, and still live your own life. And you're no coach is perfect. No coach is coming to any interaction, knowing all the answers, but ideally the universe brings the coach and client together when one is ready for the other or vice versa. I love that. Yes. I love that. I also want to add in there that it is, it's about a coach being balanced and creating a sacred space and giving your client options and then being able to choose which is most aligned for them at that particular point in time, which is kind of what you said. You know, it's, it's being able to a lot hold space for them and not try to direct their space. Yeah, beautifully said. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes, yeah, people don't get that in their personal relationships, as mm -hmm. we know from oh yeah from 
from our discussions about, you know, being in a toxic and a narcissistic relationship is that the person is trying to control the other person. And sometimes but go it goes both ways, right? You right. in order to be in a dependent codependent, you need the other person to act a certain way for you. And it just so finding people outside of that who are gonna honor them, but also you need to put up boundaries because they're used to acting a certain way in their codependent relationship and the coaching client relationship just it it has to be different for for yeah and for a healthy dynamic so that you can maneuver in light and it doesn't become about manipulation and control because that's not what it's supposed to be about in really in a toxic relationship and stepping out of that into a healthy relationship yeah 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 Word, preach, girl. (laughs) (laughs) That's not where I thought we were going with that one, but (laughs) but this is good because this just shows like what we talked about in the part one and like how far you've come since then and how how any business and coaching relationship it changes, right? And then we go, so this was like it's that's why I told you yesterday I realized like even looking at a human design chart, I need like almost like multiple sessions because you can only go so deep in one. And that's like any coaching, you can go so deep in one and then you get a little deeper and deeper. And each time more more layers come out of it. It's beautiful. So interesting. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So then moving on from that, what's really interesting is you have two tribal circuits. So tribal circuitry is about caring for a tribe, sustaining and protecting a community. Um, What I actually wrote, which is interesting, is if you live out the tribal circuit in a low expression, it can become codependent and putting others' needs before your own. But on the flip side of that, being in a high expression is like a leadership, right? Owning owning a tribe, being a leader and what we were just saying before, like owning yourself. So then others see that and want to follow in that way. Yeah. I don't know why wow. that <laughs> well, it hit me in the heart for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so you have two circuits like that. So the one we talked about last time, it's uh, circuit 4426 between the heart and the spleen. And this is about using your integrity and truth to empower people. And that's exactly what, what we were talking about. Gate 44 specifically is, um, it's a fear, fear of the past. It's this ability to help people move through the fears that were holding them back in the past. Or sorry, let me, let me say that again. Actually, you know, it's interesting in our part one, I kept asking, how do we define trauma? Because trauma is one of those things that I think isn't always fully understood because trauma is often associated with really horrific events. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some people who might hear the word trauma who haven't gone through a a particularly, you know, they might think, oh, I, I didn't go through anything traumatic, but anything that happened to you and has caused you to be stuck in the past and make decisions from past uh, situations 
I, I would, I would go so far as to define as a trauma. Hands down. I feel like to be brazen, I feel like all of us come here and we're born into a family that I believe on some level that we choose before we get here. But when we do that, it's because we're learning lessons from the, the moment we're conceived as we grow and live our path here. And so something, um, it could just even be the dynamic of your nuclear unit, um, where you came from, something as small as having a mother and father who are codependent would then, in my opinion, could create a trauma, using that word lightly, but not so lightly, that would set you up for future, you know, future relationships for yourself and what you're looking for. And just because of where you come from, it's more of what you're going to gravitate towards unless you're aware enough to step outside of it and look for something different because you've done the work and healed. But it's like we're born into this dynamic to learn and grow from. And like, I guess that would be a, a, a good example is having a codependent relationship between a mother and a father. And then as I left losing this, using this example loosely, the family unit, I looked for that unknowingly. It's kind of like a reactive space that you move from. And then within that dynamic, you have to choose how, and it's again, you know, the universe brings certain people and certain circumstances into your life at the right time to learn chunks of information. So you can move through it and heal and come back to a place of love. That was kind of a long-winded answer, but did that make sense as to what we were talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a good example. As, as, because often that's, oh, (laughs) we are not, I'm not a psychologist, so I, I, but I do read a lot about um, trauma and narcissistic relationships because, and Sabrina, I have talked about this before. I was in a couple (laughs) (laughs) and leaving them, not really realizing, you know, until after doing a lot of healing work and going to therapy and hiring coaches that, that that's what it was. Um, that, being in those relationships is kind of a tricky subject. I want to tread lightly, but it, it's like, like you said, we leave a certain dynamic, our family dynamic, our parents loved us the best they could. They gave us the best they could, but of course there are certain relationships that had their own patterns and, and my parents had their own traumas and, but taught me how to react in those. Yes. Sometimes that's what happens too, is with trauma, trauma that gets passed down through generations. So it might not even have been my parents' trauma. It could have been my grandparents' trauma, great-grandparents' trauma. Trauma can actually literally get passed down. I wrote about this in the book, Fearless, in my chapter. There was this book I read. It was mind-blowing. Um, it didn't start with you. Yes. Yeah. Did you read that or you saw that? Um and he, psychologist, studied many, many patterns of people who are living out these traumatic situations, you know, and some of them over and over and over again. And so he studied them and he came to realize that when trauma is passed down, 
it's not just, and sometimes we like to think, well, it's like verbally passed down, you know, but it's yeah. more than that. Sometimes, sometimes it's like literally passed through DNA. Sometimes it's energetically passed down because, yeah. you know, like monkey see monkey do, we watch our parents to learn how to live. And so if they're operating from a sense of trauma, we're going to learn that we also need to operate in that same way. Yes. And it isn't, yeah, until certain, <laughs> some of us need to hit a really hit rock bottom in a yeah. sense to realize like something needed to change. And when I left a particularly difficult relationship, I, I really, people, I kept hearing people say like, Oh, you know, you have to look, you're the common denominator. And that hurt at first, you know, thinking yeah. as an empath, thinking that I was like doing good by taking care of these men who couldn't take care of themselves. It's not funny. It's funny now, but at the time, you know, I really thought I was giving my all to these relationships that I was, that's what I needed to do to make them work. Giving so much of myself that I was literally depleted. And I had to be like, okay, if it is me, then I need to figure out what the heck's going on here. Well, I, what I love about that whole, um, portion you just shared is that I think that's what all of um, most of what we go through is coming back to that space of where is it that I can learn? Where is it that I can improve? Where, because it, it takes two in any relationship, right? There's not just one person to blame for everything in the entire relationship. It takes two. So you play a part and it's becoming aware of the role that you do play. Because I was in a similar relationship where I, at the beginning, I gave everything. And until I learned to be able to step out of that and ask for more, I was creating, I was help creating this um, relationship dynamic of him depending on me doing everything. And so it wasn't until I could say, this isn't working for me any longer. I need you to do A, B, and C to help our union be more whole and have that conversation, that hard, honest conversation, and then see, was he willing to step up to the plate? But if I would have just continued to take over and deplete myself, there never would have been a shift or an opportunity for a shift. Because I'm here to tell you, you can give that opportunity and there are going to be times where people are going to be like, no, I am who I am. If you don't like it, there's the door, right? However, that's also another part then of your journey. Where in this relationship are you? And where does he or she begin? Because you have your, there's three, three, I believe three parts to a relationship. There's yours, there's his or hers, depending on and then there's your union. And so each one of those carries its own energy. And so you wanna to try to maintain this balance where you can meet in the middle in your union, but yet you're, there's still a definitive you and he or she. And then it keeps this balance. And there's, there has to be periodic check-ins for all three. And it sounds like a lot of work, but let's face it, people, if you're here to grow and expand and improve, that's everything in your life. Where do you want to put your energy? Why am I getting emotional? <laughs> but where do you want to invest so that you can step up and have the most whole, most unconditionally loving, vibrant, light-filled life? Let's apply this to all different areas. 
of what you want it to look like, what you want it to feel like. Yeah. Boom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because what I'm hearing, we're both giving examples of romantic relationships, which I think is where it really, really shows up. But it can come in the form of a boss employee relationship. It can yes. come in the form of friendships. It sibling. Can, it can come to siblings. It can come parents, you know, sometimes people and yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's, it, it can feel tough and overwhelming. It has to just be one step at a time. That I think is the end all statement that needs to be followed by that because you can become extremely overwhelmed and it is all about baby stepping and feeling it and doing one soul aligned step after another. Because let's face it too, healing is lifelong. It is, it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to be, I, I love this, who said this? I can't remember specifically who said this, but you don't have to be completely healed to help someone else. Yes. I remember when I need, I needed to hear that because for a while, when I was feeling particularly, you know, feeling broken, you're never broken. (laughs) I I don't want to say I was, but feeling that sense of like, I don't know, you know, sometimes the breaking is actually a really good part of the healing process. Um, But feeling like, um, I can't think of another word then because I know a lot of people that's how they describe themselves is like feeling that really broken broken part of them you can heal from that um I think that and, is don't you like yeah because what I keep seeing is this outer shell that literally falls off of you and you're exposed and vulnerable but in that rawness comes a whole new light magnificent being Mm -hmm. and that's where you get to recreate from and that's (laughs) it's actually really cool it's scary when you're in it so if you're listening to this and that's where you're at it's you're it's okay to be scared it's okay to like feel that but coming out of it and knowing that you can recreate something different and you always get the choice to recreate that that's empowering. That's really empowering. That's a mic drop statement in my opinion, because I feel like we tend to brush that over and, uh, we are powerful, powerful beings and we co-create with God in the universe. And that it, that's exactly what happens. And it's huge. It's actually ginormous but we tend to brush it over like okay yeah I'm just going to move on to the next thing and create and keep creating but it's like you need to take that moment and really embrace the power that you hold yeah and if you don't take that time to heal and brush over like you're saying because I I did that in a period of my life where I felt broken I kind of brushed it under the rug what happens is like I'm I can see it from like a energetic standpoint when you think of your heart um actually this was described to me in a book one time and it really helped it's like you get a bullet wound 
And instead of going to the hospital and having the bullet removed, you just put a bandaid on top of it. And then you put something else to cover that up. And then the blood seeps through and then you cover that up until you're just covering it and covering and covering it, trying to pretend it's not there, pushing it down. And you're creating from a place of hurt and wounded. Yeah. And it isn't until you pull, peel all those layers off, which is layers and it takes time and it's not always pretty. And, and that's what, when I first decided to go see a therapist is I, I read that and it was like, you need to talk to somebody about that. Like you need to talk to someone who's not going to make the wound worse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, hands down. I wish that, um, I mean, I ended up finding myself in a therapist's office, thank goodness. But, um, if I would have even been aware of other people who could have coached me as well, like those dynamics are super powerful and, um, are necessary, I believe in your healing journeys. Yeah. 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 And those people exist. And I, I try to remind people too, you don't need to go to the first therapist that you find because, um, that happened to me. I had one and I didn't find her helpful and then I, I was like, I'm just going to keep shopping around. And so glad I did. Cause then I was sitting in with this one woman and she looked at me and she's like, I was in the exact same place a couple years ago. And that right there was like, boom, that's what I needed. You know, we need, sometimes we need people who not someone who's on the outside looking in and like, well, this shouldn't, this should, you should do this. This shouldn't have that, whatever. You need someone who's like, this is why I get where you're coming from, you know? Right. I've lived it or something similar to it. Let me show you some baby steps. Yeah. 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 Interesting conversation. And what I'm realizing is like, like you said, it's a, it's a healing journey. So even though I am happy to say that I worked through it with a romantic relationship, they still, these kinds of relationships still show up in different forms. And it's really in you to put up the boundaries and to um, own your own worth. And it is like baby steps. I wish there was like fast forward buttons along the way, (laughs) but we've talked about this too, even in the, well, not even, but in your discomfort, there's lessons and there's growth opportunity. And so it's learning to breathe and let it move through you and become as comfortable as you can in those uncomfortable moments. Because if you can give yourself that half a second to breathe and be aware, and what I love, what you always say is ask. You ask your guides, you ask your team, you ask God, and you start to get answers. And then you can shift, and then your dynamic will start to shift. But I always believe, too, so this is funny because it's coming back up for me again, is um, once we learn to really become uh, self-aware, and you make your priority of loving yourself unconditionally, it's like, I see you as this, I see us as like the sun. And then as you envelop that whole way of life and being, 
everything around you. So like everything that orbits around you, all the planets, all the stars, all the moon, everything will start to shift and change, but it will be in a more soul aligned pattern. And you'll begin to flow with the universe. Which is pretty incredible, but can't be, I can't really explain it until you, you know, until I lived it. Like people always would talk about that. I read a lot of self-help books as I was going through all this. I was like, eventually, you know, things will just fall into place and everything will be magical. And I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) For real. I know. I, how many self-help books that you peel through just absorbing information as fast as you can read it. And then you're like, well, that's great. But how do you do it? Like, how do I get there? Show me the steps to get there. That was a really big aha moment for me too, because I was, I was that person. I read all those books. I read and read and read. And then I was like, something isn't changing. So something's going on here. And it was like that, that divine voice for me was like, cause you need to do the next step. Like reading books is great, but it's not it doesn't change anything. Right. It doesn't, I shouldn't say that. It's not that it doesn't change anything, but it doesn't get you the next level of change that I was looking for at the time. So if you're at the point where I'm reading the books and that's what I did, I needed to read the books. I needed to hear other people's stories. I needed to implement those little baby steps as I certain things integrated, but I was just flying through these books. I wasn't really integrating the practices necessarily. I remember I was reading this one book and she called me out as I was reading it. She's like in the book, she's like, don't just read through these questions, literally take pen to paper and write them down. And I was like, oh damn, I am that person. I was that person. I'm not anymore, but I was that person who was just like kind of reading through, like going with like whatever first came to my mind. I'm like, I answered the questions. And then I read, she wrote it perfectly. She's like, you need to write it. I don't know how she explained it to me, but I, I finally was like, I need to be writing. I need to write these questions and really dig deep into my consciousness because that's the only way, not the only way, sorry, but it's way, for you. way more powerful than just skimming over questions, like to sit down and actually write them out and really dig into what's going on in your consciousness. And it's not always comfortable because our ego wants to keep us safe. Our ego wants to keep us where we're at. It's what we know. And so trying when we want to move to that next level, we need to find ways that help us do that. And if it's reading books, great. If the next level is writing about it, great. For me, the next level was going to therapy. Awesome. The next level was then hiring coaches who were able to walk me through in that way. And that's why I love telling you, like talking about human design and telling you where your energy strengths are, because that when you you sense, you don't have to find out someone's human design chart to know if that they're going to like mesh with you. But, but when you know your own and you're like, this is the energy that I have to support other people, you just naturally do it you know, like you just naturally do it without knowing, but when you have that awareness and you're like, yeah, that's what I've been doing all along. It's like, oh, there's a reason why I've been doing this all along. And so like for you looking at your circuits, it's not surprising to me that you were doing this before becoming coaches. Like we have, we are doing this in our intimate relationships. 
yeah. in our romantic relationships and our friend relationships. And it was almost like, not that we were attracted. <laughs> if you like to talk about law of attraction, you think of it that way, but we were attracting it to us because that's what we were naturally good at. And those people who needed it naturally saw that in us, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that dynamic happened, but where the problem comes in with personal relationships is we don't know when to cut it off or when to, to not overexert ourselves and, and offer it to the point of being depleted, especially in the relationships where it's not being um, understood, respected, and appreciated. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was a juicy. Um learning that aspect of it you know when to really step away especially when you're so invested in that relationship because then it becomes more about taking care of your own well-being and that has to be the priority because if they can't see it in themselves they're not going to be able to see it anywhere else in their life either so if i'm investing all this relationship say with a best friend but she doesn't see my or our value and she just keeps taking, 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 well, that's because of an imbalance within herself. And so I can't fix that, only she can. And until she does, this relationship isn't gonna work. And then really learning to be like, okay, I can respect you and care for, for you from afar, but it can't be what it was before. It has to shift if I'm going to be choosing me and changing the way that I move through my life. Yeah. Wow. That's super powerful. It's, that's a, that's a doozy, man. <laughs> yeah. And I see it like, it's almost like this domino effect where maybe like they're depleting themselves, giving to someone else and then expecting you to do the same for them. And then, and then it becomes like this, like codependent, like <laughs> domino effect or the train I see, like, you know? Yes. And then someone <laughs> puts down their foot and then kind of throws the and that's, but yeah, it's not easy. It's really not easy to be the person to say, no, I have to put up my boundaries here. But if that's what you need to do, I, I was just reading this book um, and she was telling the story about her friend who had cancer around, they were around the same age, had kids, you know, and sh she felt guilty that she was healthy and her friend was sick. So she was taking care of her friend, taking care of her friend, showing up, doing things. And she got to a point where she realized I'm not making my friend better. I'm just making myself sick. Yes. Enabling. It's like you, you get into this martyrdom enabling relationship, but then it becomes unbalanced. That's super interesting. And yeah. yet you are so invested in their well-being, but yet you've depleted yourself so much that you do like potentially take on a sickness. I find it energetically speaking, super interesting, <laughs> you know, just because of, um, some of the things that can happen in that kind of dynamic and what happens to the caregiver and, um, and then the patient, so to speak, or whoever they're caring for, if it's not like a professional relationship, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a whole nother topic we could get into, but yes, yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally good. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so then the third one, so I'm going to, I really want to do this, this card spread because I think it's, a, but I think this is important. So 
why this is so cool looking at this too your so your other circuit another tribal circuit I call I called it emotional sensitivity I've seen it called intimacy and wisdom if you're very sensitive to others emotions and these two go right alongside each other which I find so cool but it it makes you it makes sense why you're so compassionate and why you're so understanding of other people and so sympathetic to them because you have the first one was about um being intuitive and picking up on their intuitive patterns right and then also being sensitive to their emotions so it's like energetically and emotionally like that double whammy um and so you feel this compel so what I wrote was you feel compelled to support others but it it can become this carrying of the heavy emotions so yeah if you can feel their emotions it's really important to learn to let them go after because otherwise you're care. I see it like carrying like the weight of the world on your shoulders. And it's so important to find a way to release it outside of the relationship. Otherwise it will bleed into all other interactions. And that's kind of what happens in these relationships is we take on others energy and then bring them into other dynamics. And so, um, but what's so interesting is because you have two tribal gates from a business perspective, because you know me, I always like to bring it back to the business perspective, but, and we were talking about this is having a group of people you can support. Yes. Because what, not only will that allow you to um, take on less one-on-one, because I know when you do one-on-ones, it's very, you know, you, you give, a lot to that relationship but doing it yeah. from a group perspective one it will allow you to kind of let go of that one-on-one needing to support them interaction and you can support people as a group and you have the ability to because you have the energy from a sensitivity perspective and so that's what I've noticed having uh, the Facebook group the enlightened spiritual partner Facebook group is I actually find I can pick up on the group oh. energy Um, that's okay. Serena's going to walk away. I'm just going to keep talking. (laughs) One of the reasons I really love, uh, the group, the enlightened spiritual preneur, if you're listening to this and you want to come join us, one of the things about my energy, and I think Sabrina is probably going to have her own group soon or how I see it, having a group and picking up on the group dynamic, the group energy will actually mean that you can support more people. And it also, you'll be able to tell like where your energy is, your energy starts and like the group dynamic ends, if that makes sense. Totally. I, so it's so interesting too, because this has been coming up for me because I've been thinking more about a group dynamic and switching to making that my priority And so I love that this is coming up. It's very timely. (laughs) Yeah. So the mama side of me. (laughs) Exactly. And, and yeah. And so that's like, I've noticed people who have uh, tribal, tribal circuits are very family oriented. You know, they care about their family and they love their family and you see that a lot. And so, cause that's just like a natural, hi, (laughs) That's just like your natural energy. And so you actually can get paid for that. 
Which is amazing. You know, when you, I get so excited thinking about like this whole dynamic and shifting in that way. And so I'm just so grateful that we did this today because this has been a question that's popping up for me is how to move next in that direction. And if that's really the best way that I should go. And so, yay, <laughs> thank you for bringing that answer. <laughs> You're welcome. Yep. Yeah. Cause you got, you've got, yeah. And, and this is the way, so sometimes with the group dynamic too, I know I do this too, cause I'm creating membership is like, how am I going to support this group? You know? And as physical beings, we automatically think, what am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, but know this when you know your energy and the energy that you're bringing the, to the dynamic that in itself is enough. You're creating the container with your energy to support the group dynamic. What you do on top of that is like the cherry on top. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that how you just phrased that too, because it, it's like you do worry about how am I going to serve them in the, back, in the best manner and still give them the most out of what I have to offer, right? And so I love how you said that, like creating that container with my energy that's what's going to help me serve them still to the best of my abilities. Because you have, okay. Do you have time? I know you're. I do. Yes. As long as you don't mind chillings in the background. Nope. <laughs> Sabrina's tribe is joining her. Yes. We just had the kiddos um, get off the bus. <laughs> Because you have this deep intuitive sense, you know, there's like intuitively, um, you can bring that to the group, to the dynamic. What, I, what I've been feeling, what I see, and this might be um, partially me too, why this is coming up this way, but there's something about the throat chakra and the throat chakra is about self-expression. It's about relating to other people, you know, and, and sometimes there can be, um, so I'll tell you my story before I was going to do my podcast, I was really struggling with it. I was like freaking out, you know, but I didn't know why. And that's sometimes the interesting thing about fear is, we think it's one thing and it, it ends up being something deeper or something that maybe we don't fully understand what we were talking about earlier where traumas can get passed down. You know, it might not even be a fear that's ours. There might be a reason that we have it. We just don't really understand it. And so, um, I was really struggling with the podcast. I didn't know why I didn't know why. And then I felt called to do a Reiki session with someone in particular and I was like, oh, this is going to be throat related. I just knew it. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't know why, like her specifically, but it came up because I, and what you were saying before, what I always talk about, like ask, I was asking what's going on here. What do I need to know? What do I, what am I not like learning? What am I not seeing here for myself? And so uh, I was like, yeah, do this Reiki session with this uh, person in particular. I booked it and she was like, yeah, you have something, you know, from a Reiki energetic perspective, she's like, you have something in your throat. And I was like, okay. Then when we started talking, realizing it's, it's generational, you know, 
there it's been passed down I mean of course I understood on some level but like the way we talked about it was like what we're saying before is like it was learn to keep quiet not to say not to rock the boat yes that's part of the codependent that was part of my codependent relationship was like don't rock the boat don't upset the other person don't so I grew up thinking that I couldn't do that of course what did that mean if you can't express yourself from your heart like being true to yourself in your heart and it gets stuck in your throat it gets pushed back down and that's part of the like um what I was saying before about stuff getting stuck in your heart yes and I can actually like put myself in that specific memories and that feeling, I can actually feel that uh, feeling that's associated with what you just described of that pushing it back down and it building and like your throat being tight and like that, that feeling like you want to scream, but you can't because there's so much energy bottled up in here. And then this burning in my chest, it's crazy. And sometimes too, it's becoming aware of what those signals are. Like that's huge because then it gives you another clue, you know? Yeah, because when that was happening, and because I had just learned like not to do, not to say it, which was what your natural ability is to say it, I was pushing it down. I was feeling the tension, and then I would just do other things and like react from a place because I didn't actually know what was going on. Yeah, and you just kind of. So um, okay, the message from my throat chakra, and so the <laughs> the card is woman holding a coin. <laughs> this is interesting this is the story I was just talking about when I did this Reiki session she's like you have a like a coin stuck in your throat (laughs) oh interesting (laughs) um so do I read this card no no so basically yeah it's like there's something about what's coming up for me is like the maternal side of your family because that's what it was for me if that makes sense but and it's pretty prominent in certain is that true no I'm gonna say for us (laughs) in our maternal side of our family part of the codependent relationship was to just be quiet just be quiet don't rock the boat don't say anything to upset the other person you know yep I became a fantastic cleaner this way because that's where I would release it then was like, okay, I'm frustrated. I can't talk about it. So I wouldn't actually, I mean, I could have done probably thousands of things, but I would clean like. <laughs> yep. I would work. I would work whatever that yeah. homework, you know, when I was in school, do homework, I would just take it out on my homework or then I got a job and I would, I would just go to work and just like yeah. ask harder. Um, why it's been difficult for me to speak my truth. And the card is, uh, the second chakra, which is to me relationships. Cause it's our second chakra is where we first, like our chakras kind of develop as we grow up. So our root chakra comes with us when we're born. And then our sacral chakra is developed as we experience our relationship with our parents is the first or like, you know, our guardians, caregivers, those are our like first original relationships. And so there's something in that dynamic. Again, I was always worried. Okay. So just on a personal level, it was always about how it would be received. So there was a dynamic in my family where 
I wanted to express my concern, my truth, why there was red flags popping up for me. But I also then got this counter energy with, that was like, this person will cut you out. Do you want to be cut out of their lives? And I would always come back to, no, of course, I would be devastated if I was cut out of their life. And so I wouldn't bring my truth to the table because of that fear of being cut out and making waves. So I would just keep it to myself. There's more to that story. <laughs> yeah, mine was, um, it wasn't so much being cut out. What was my, mine was more of like a, you'll be, I want to say you'll, you'll be yelled at, but it was always like whatever. And this actually played out in one, in one of my relationships is that when I express something, they would express it back like 20 times worse. So my upset was actually my problem, not their problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had that too. Even in my, when I was growing up, actually it was too, it was like, well, this parent would come home and it could have been like a trying day from work. And so it was like, everybody had to accommodate that one person, you know, keep quiet, let's clean up the house before they get home and let's try to make it as comfortable as possible for them so that we avoid that possible outbreak. Right. And so again, it was, it was like just this natural slow training of you tiptoe around whoever and accommodate them instead of putting your own needs first. It's super interesting when you delve in. And as you delve in, I, I want to share a piece of advice is that you have to bring compassion to the table for everyone involved, because like you were mentioning earlier, they did the best that they could with what they knew at that time. And most circumstances, being loved was never a question. It's just sometimes people's love looked a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like people will learn these things and then they'll get, I mean, not that you don't have to go through your own emotion of working through your healing, you do, and that's justified and, and, and rightful, but don't get stuck there you know, don't, don't hold it against someone forever. Try to keep moving through and peeling back those layers so you can continue on your path of healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how I can speak my truth more easily through appreciation. Gratitude and appreciation. Gratitude and appreciation. So it's interesting because the card was actually inverted. I'm going to read Ooh. this one. 15. The appreciation card reversed is warning that you're missing some important opportunities. You've lost your sense of gratitude and have gotten caught up in the prickly brambles of negativity and possibly even despair. Stop focusing on what you don't have, even if it seems to be a lot. Instead, find something to appreciate about yourself and your life. Choose to focus on the little things with gratitude and acknowledgement. So appreciating, okay, how, how are you trying to explain this? Because 
when you're in those moments and you're not speaking your truth, because what was it? How can I speak my truth more easily? And you're in those moments and you're feeling like I can't speak my truth. Because that was always where my trauma was, is I would hold back from speaking. Start with appreciation. Start with appreciation for what is going right and then approach what isn't. Because so it, would you start with like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm grateful to be able to be aware that this is a problem or a, a place of resistance. Like, would that be a place to start with appreciation? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. For first with the, the situation, because every situation is a healing or learning opportunity. If you right. start with that, then you can take, it doesn't mean you have to, I, I'm saying this because like being in certain relationships, you know, people are like, feel gratitude. And I think that can be misconstrued as, you know, just be happy or just put up with what you have. Cause that's what I was taught. Just be happy mm -hmm. with what you have. Don't complain. Don't rock the boat. Don't say, you know, don't just, just be happy and put up with it. And that's where I got stuck in places that I didn't want to be and slowly, you know, <laughs> deteriorated emotionally because I was just taught to just be happy with what I have, but really appreciate the opportunity. And I like that you use the word resistance because it's like, don't resist what's happening, allow it and accept it. But then you can move through that and move into a more empowered place. Okay. Is that, is that, I feel, okay. Sometimes when I do these readings, the beginning, I feel fuzzy. And then once I get to the end, I'm like, oh, okay. It all comes together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get the big picture. <laughs> uh, that actually often happens to me. I did that with a reading last night. I was like halfway through and I'm like, is this even telling me anything? And then I got to the end and I was like, oh, okay. We're, we're working through layers, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, when do I feel comfortable being my authentic self? This is funny because I know this is me for sure. Is when I'm in my ego and thinking, 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 thinking. <laughs> yes, for sure. Sometimes we think we can think our way out of things, right? We're like, well, or if think I myself forward. Yeah. Like I got all these great ideas and now, but now I need to put action behind them. Right. But yeah, but I thought about all those amazing things. So they should just be happening. <laughs> yeah. We think, 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 think. Sometimes it's not about thinking. Sometimes it literally is about talking or moving or, you know, getting the energy, moving it around, doing something with it. Um, yeah. Moving, thinking, talking. Oh, I can see it. It's like that, the, the thoughts, you know, they're rolling around, rolling around, but, and, and we were talking about this earlier when I finally went to therapy, I was always thinking, thinking, and I talked through things. And actually I talked about this with the, my coach too, is like, one of the things I really needed to do with her is talk about what was going on and hearing myself say these things, because if not, they get stuck up here and they don't. Yeah. I think I actually probably do that a lot more than I even realize, you know, like having that thought and then carrying it out 
and like talking about it with people. Cause sometimes you'll get little epiphanies too, as you're talking it through like, oh, this is maybe how I want to handle it. Or this is what it looks like. Cause then it gives you the opportunity to feel it out as well. Like, okay, does that feel right? Saying this statement or uh, creating this environment and talking about the different aspects of it. I, I actually think I own that. I do that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, because if we're told not to express things, the information either gets stuck up here or what's on our heart gets stuck here and it needs to Move. flow through. Like there's a reason we have a voice and a reason we have this throat chakra can get blocked if we don't allow it to be expressed. And that's part of being, that's part of the problem with certain relationships is if one person isn't allowing you to express and authentically be who you are. that will stop the flow. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes the imbalance. So interesting, especially with everything that you were talking about with Libra and the moon, you know, and, and everything that you guys have been discussing. She wants to tell you something. <laughs> Just you can whisper it. What is it? Okay. Where are we? How can I be my authentic self more? And it's interesting. The card is door to value. Very interesting. So it was inverted. So I'm going to read this one too, actually. This card reverse signifies a partial or perhaps even potentially complete closing the door. The hoped for new opportunity where money or career is concerned may be a delay or possibly even derailed. Don't be disheartened. However, this card reverse reminds you not to put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your interests and your efforts and let your intuition guide you to the next open doorway. Open your heart and mind to other sources of value in your life. Super interesting. What was that last one? How can I be my own um, self was... more? Huh. Yeah, okay. Um, a reminder to stand out. <laughs> the card is indecision. To me, that's just where people can get stuck is indecision. For sure. And sometimes I know with me, not making decisions is because of a fear of expressing myself. Yes, totally can relate. And then how my truth can change the world. It's a man holding a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I think this just means we can create more love in the world. Yes. <laughs> And how can I balance my throat chakra? This one's interesting. Envy. Oh, I'm going to read that one. Okay. How can I, how I can balance my throat chakra? This card reverse heralds a great time of joy and appreciation. Your choice to shift your focus from future longing to present gratitude creates a significant difference in your energy field and moves out into dramatic and radiant ways to attract more to you. You know that you can keep your eye on future goals without losing sight of your present gifts. 
Continue to release any old feelings of envy or lack wherever those thoughts or emotions come up. You're well on your way to a completely gratifying life and your genuine acknowledgement of the value within and around you will only keep drawing more value to you. I love that. So I have to tell you too, like this has been spot on um, because like coming, my family and I just moved um, into a new state. And so as you know, I've been setting up home and I love that aspect. I, I love decorating. I love making a house a home for my family. Um, but in doing so, I've become out of balance because that's become such a priority for me that I kind of lost my fitting footing with um, moving my business along at the same time. And so there was envy that was sneaking in because I was seeing everybody else continue to grow and expand and make these um, big movements and some are collaborating. And, and so I naturally was like, oh, look at everything that I'm missing. You know what I mean? And so um, just the whole reading itself, it's like there's been such key points along each card that I, I have to regroup. And then um, I think I'm going to have such a fresh perspective as I move forward. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So you feel like this reading was about business. It was kind of a express, yeah, expressing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hold. So what has been coming up for me for for you? <laughs> um, what's really helped me, I guess, with the throat shocker thing, is having the podcast. Surprisingly enough. Because for a long time, I thought it was just, you know, it was just part of the business. It was just a way to reach people. It was, a, but it's a way of expressing myself, which helps me at each point along the way. And you, you have an amazing podcast. I listened to your guys' episodes. And so I think we talked about this too, but like just jumping on there when you feel something moving through you. Yes. And allowing it to come through and whether or not you decide to post it, but cause I've had that too. I've had where I'm like, okay, I need to talk this out. I turn my phone and I record it and I don't end up posting it as an episode, but it does, it sparks something, something. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to hear your own voice saying something. Sometimes that's one of the amazing things about coaching and therapy as well is like, sometimes you just need to get out of your head into your heart and allow that to be expressed in whatever way that needs to come through. Yes, this is the third time. So, you know, this is something I have to make a priority. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like, you know, sometimes with people with podcasts, they're like, you have to post every week. And it is good to be consistent, you know, and if you get into a good rhythm, great. But it's more like if you start to feel it, I know sometimes like for me, I like wake up in the morning and I'm like, I need to do a podcast episode about that. It just kind of comes. If you have those moments of clarity or if you have those moments, even if you just close yourself, you don't have to make it a big production. Close yourself in a closet and turn on your phone and start talking and see. And sometimes think just thinking that this could be a podcast episode gets me talking in my like podcast voice. <laughs> podcast voice. And then it's like, oh, I either listen back if, if I felt like I needed to, or sometimes it's just that, oh, I got through something that I wasn't sure about. Or like, if I was asking a question, I can sometimes hear it with my own voice. 
it's pretty yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. Like it's powerful. It's, um, it's like I said, this is, I know I need to put this in motion. I think part of it was like, I was getting hung up, like you said, on consistency and length. And then I started noticing like varying, varying lengths. And it's, again, that's not important. It's like just saying whatever you feel the need to share. And then, like you said, I can sit on it or I can decide to share it. Yeah, yeah I need to do it. I know I do. <laughs> I want to do it. If I feel like that's, you know, an, another part of my, cause I do feel like I need to start sharing more of my story and, uh, more of what I learned from my story. And so, um, it feels soul aligned. It feels like this is something I need to not resist any longer. <laughs> Cause you will attract through talking about it and through, you will attract people to you. Yeah. Like if you look at coaches, like you and I follow Jennifer Jade, and if you listen to the episode I did with her, she, she has such a powerful voice. She has a lot of energy in her throat chakra and even in her human design chart. And I think you and me, we, I have a, a pretty open throat chakra. You have some energy there, but yeah, undefined. So that's why it was easy for us to pick up on the programming from our parents and gen past generations we picked up on that programming. So that's part of the healing process is to deprogram our open and undefined centers, because that's where, you know, certain things may have got, and that might be one. And so just noticing that this is just one way to heal it, I think. Yeah. I love that. Well, I kept you for a long time and I didn't feel kept at all. It was amazing. <laughs> I always love our time together, Haley. I can't Me wait too. to do it again. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, this is awesome. I, I, it was so interesting because after our first one, I was asking, I was like, I feel like we didn't, we just grazed the surface, you know? And so I'm really glad we got to get into this a little bit more. So thank you, Sabrina. Thank you, Haley. Say bye, Haley. Bye. Look at my shirt. Oh, cool shirt. The Avengers. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Love you, Haley. Love you too. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about today's guests, you can find their links and contact information in the show notes below. You can also find me, Haley K, on Instagram at Haley K Coaching, or grab your copy of the Spiritualpreneur Planner and sign up for my email list, where you'll be kept in the know on upcoming episodes, exciting events, and bonus resources to help you grow your spiritual business. Did you love this episode? Please be sure to like, subscribe, and write a review so we can spread this information to more spiritual printers like you. See you next time!